Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad that you've chosen to join us today. Uh, this is the show where we talk about the things pertaining to life and godliness. You call, questions, prayer requests. The number to get on the air is 303-690-3000. 303 690 It is, you know, it's not a Bible question show in the sense like specifically Bible questions, although we ask answer them all the time. It's a pastoral show. So whether I'm hosting it, Pastor Jeff is hosting it, Pastor Nick, Pastor Cody, we even had Nate, Pastor Nate from Vail. Uh, remember Nate was here in Lakewood for many years and he went back and took the lead at Calvary Chapel in Vail. They changed it to, oh man, they changed it to Mountain... Um. Uh, anyway, the Calvary and Vale, Pastor Nate, um, and you guys on the East Coast, you get to uh, listen to these Colorado pastors uh, that we get to be encouraged by and be strengthened by, uh, and we're glad that you joined us. Give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303 Thank you, David. Mountain Life is the church, Mountain Life. Uh, Pastor Nate and his team there, just an amazing work going on in Vail. Tommy Schneider was there before. Uh, Tommy, I just talked to Tommy, if you guys remember him. Uh, he was on the radio here, Grace FM, for a while, too. He's back in Santa Barbara now. We're putting together a, a conference uh, in up in Santa Barbara, and uh, I'm going to be going out to... Be encouraged and also encourage. I can't tell you how happy I am to start traveling again. Um, even though traveling is not high on my list of things I like to do, I want to. I want to get out and encourage. Um, I want to go and take my new book to different churches, as I have been. Every time we go to a church, it's very well received. Uh, I teach a message on struggling and victory and. And then um, encourage people. It's it's so good. Um, the Lord is so faithful. Uh, so here here we are. Give me a call. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, text me. 720-336-0897. Somebody texted in Mountain Life with an exclamation point. Um, we don't get to see who... We only get to see the number. We don't actually see any names attached. But I wonder if it's somebody connected to Mountain Life up in Vail. 303-690-3000. Give me a call. 303-690-3000. Uh, had a great... A couple things happened yesterday that were really encouraging. Uh, one is we dedicated yesterday's Calvary Live show. And we'll probably edit it up for a podcast episode as well. But... Um, to 
talk about the book, God's Help for the Troubled Heart. And it was a neat way of doing Calvary Live because I did the intros and outros, but I handed the show over to my assistant, Cassandra, and she it was her show and her interview and her dialogue, uh, and it went really, really well. So I, if you weren't with us yesterday, I'd encourage you sign up to get the Calvary Live podcast wherever you get your podcast. And I think it takes Kevin about a week to get those edited and moved on. Uh, so if you're patient, uh, we'll be posting that. We'll be making it available um, uh, for you. And uh, maybe I'll put it up on, maybe I'll ask to deliver it through our church um, mechanisms as well. But it was we just wanted to talk about hurt and pain and the healing balm of Jesus, his faithfulness. I know that we were even talking about one question that we never did get to, but the difference between bitterness and betterness and how God wants to do that in your life. He doesn't want you to be bitter the rest of your life. Uh, he doesn't want you to, you know, uh, what, what's the word? I, I was going to say compartmentalize, but internalize all that hurt and anger and pain. It's just going to destroy you. It's going to make you angry. It's going to make you sad. It's going to make you bitter. It's going to make you unapproachable. And that's not God's heart for you. I know you're hurt. I know you've been wronged. I mean, for goodness sake, anybody, um, any like anyone that would be hosting this program like me, I've been hurt. I've been wronged. Some really weird, I don't know, not weird, demonic uh, things happen in my life at the hands of other people. People that I've uh, served with, people that I have gone into battle with, people that we've expressed true love to, and then it just, they go off the rails for some reason. Um, don't be the person that goes off the rails. That's the key. Don't be the person that goes off the rails. Be the person abiding in Christ. Be the person trusting in the Lord. I was reading today, I sent this scripture to a couple of people uh, that the Lord had put on my heart that are going through things, and I love this scripture. It's in Psalm 90. Um, it was sent to primarily a, um, to a family that's grieving. Um, I really felt led to send it to all the kids, a family our family grew up with uh, in California. And their mom died, so I sent it to all the kids. Uh, and it's Psalm 90, verse 1. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. <laughs> Isn't that great? Not a building, not a house, not a car, not a hat, not a set of clothes. But the psalmist, it's, it's attributed to Moses. Uh, the psalmist says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place. You have been our dwelling place. Isn't that just sweet to think of dwelling or what Jesus would say, abiding in Christ? Um, I mean, isn't that a beautiful, isn't that a beautiful picture to consider? The the Hebrew word ma'an or ma'in uh, is a masculine noun that speaks of a habitation, a refuge. Uh, a it, it speaks of God in the heavenly abode. It also speaks of God in the sanctuary. Um, but it also speaks of of Jerusalem and just God himself. Uh, when you step back and you look at your life, you just say, you know what, God, you have been our dwelling place. You, you alone have been our dwelling place. And I, I think, let me look it up in, and I'm just waiting for some phone calls to come in, uh, 303-690-3000. Uh, in the New Living, it says, Lord, through all the generations, 
you have been our home. Through all the generations, you have been our home. So where is your home? Where do you dwell? Where's your mind and your heart, especially when you've been wronged or hurt? Which leads me into, so we did an interview with Cassandra. She did an amazing job. I think it went really well just talking about the book, getting uh, before you. I'd encourage you to pick up a copy. Um, I, you know, I recommend books all the time. So some have been said, well, Ed, what? you know, it's kind of self-serving when you're recommending your own book. And, and you know, initially, I was a little taken aback at that because it, I have to say it's uncomfortable promoting my own book. It is uncomfortable, but the Lord settled it in my heart. Um, The Lord settled it in my heart. Let me tell you why. For a couple of reasons. First, if I'm going to promote a book by my friend Skip Heitzig, or I'm going to promote a book by Craig Groeschel, which is our book of the month, or I'm going to promote any, you you, you need a book on grieving. I have lists. You email me, I'll send it to you. I'm going to promote it because I believe in it, because I think it's good. Uh, some of the authors like Skip, I get to know personally. Um, other authors, I get to know by distance. But I mean, I'm going to promote you. Of course, I'm going to promote a good book. Yes, I'm going to do that, and I always do, um, and I will. You ask ask for a recommendation, I'll be very careful to give you a recommendation. And so, when it comes to my own book, I believe in it. I believe it's a good resource. I think it's important. Uh, I want I want you to get it. I want you to purchase it. I want you to purchase a copy for a friend. I want you to help those people. This is one of those tools that will help people that are hurting and struggling and maybe in deep grief or depression or divorce, whatever it might be. The The title says it all, God's help for the troubled heart. You could be troubled for a lot of ways. And so I believe in the book. And, and then on top of that, the net proceeds of the book through our bookstore go to missionaries. So, I mean, even if I was profiting from it, from the work and everything, that's fine. I'm okay with that before the Lord. But the net profits don't go to me. They go to missionaries at the end of the year. What we do with our missionaries is all the proceeds from our Resurrection Coffee and Calvary Books, and now our online presence uh, at calvaryco.store. It's an online store. All of our inventory in our store is online you can buy there and then you instead of shipping if you're in town you can just pick it up or we'll ship it to you but you can just set it pick up at church and pick it up no problem we'll set it aside for you but all the proceeds at the end of the year once the expenses and everything are all sorted out all the net proceeds you buy you buy a cup of coffee at resurrection coffee you buy a soda for goodness sake it the proceeds are going to go to missionaries so our book is in the store that's where you get it from the proceeds go to missionaries. Isn't that awesome? So I'm, you know, sometimes you just have to think things through. Uh, Maybe there's a situation in your life right now, you just got to think things through and then come to a biblical response. And for me, I'm not ashamed that we put this book together. I'm not ashamed that uh, it's available to hurting people. I'm not ashamed of talking about my son who's in heaven right now. Uh, in all the pain that we went through, in the darkness and the difficulty. No way. My, my son is alive. He's not dead. My son is alive. He's in the presence of the Lord right now. And his loss on earth caused great pain to my family, great grief. Um, you know, it's been hard, and it's still hard, because there's other complications associated with it that makes it even harder. But so, so it is, and the Lord is faithful. 
And to the degree you're hurting will be to the degree that God, you experience the comfort of God. So get the book, God's Help for the Troubled Heart. Calvaryco.store is the best place to get it. Of course, you can get it anywhere you get books. Uh, it's available, but we have it available in our store. And then last night, we taught a Bible study, and I and the title of it was, What Do You Do If You're Wronged? Part 1. And we talked about not returning evil for evil. Now, I put the study together in the notes, but the way it came out, I was very happy with. Um, you know, just one of those things pastors would understand. You deliver it, and you walk away going, oh, that was the worst Bible study I've ever taught, and the Lord uses it. And then you put it together and deliver it, and you think, oh, that just came out so well, and the Lord uses it. So either way, uh, God uses the word, but I, I was really encouraged um, by it, and I think you will be too. That's available on our app. So just download the Calvary app. Go to, go to your app store or Google, wherever you get it. Put in my name, Ed Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R. Because there's a lot of different Calvary churches, put my name in. Ours will pop up. Download it. Turn on notifications. Go to recent messages, and bam, you're right there. All right, we're going to go to Pennsylvania, Lebanon. Steve is on the air. Steve, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing, boss? Good, man. What's up? So my question is, um, when Jesus got crucified and he died, did, where did he go for the three days that he was dead? So he went into the presence of the Father, uh, and he was in the presence of the Father with all the saints. For a brief momentary time, we don't know how long, the Bible indicates that he went into what is known as Hades— that temporary holding place that's taught, given to us in Luke, the place of Abraham's bosom, the place where paradise and torments are there, and he released all the captives of the old covenant. In some way, there's a releasing of the co- captives and brought with them with him into the presence of the Lord where he was there, presence of the Father where he was there until his resurrection. So the Sabbath is considered the Sabbath because Jesus rose on the on a Saturday or a Sunday. The Sabbath. Now, if if you're connecting Sabbath with that particular, uh, with, if you're just asking the question, the Sabbath is considered the Sabbath because God rested on the seventh day. Um, okay, that's okay. why he he dictated the Sabbath. The reason why churches predominantly, including the church in the Book of Acts came together in the new covenant to worship on the first day of the week is in commemoration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay, understandable. Yeah, understandable. All right, that that answers it for me, yeah. yeah right on, I great question. With, yeah, I do Bible study with a couple of friends of mine, and we always debate about where did Christ go uh, the three days. Yes, that's awesome. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right. God bless you guys. God bless you. Bye-bye. I love, I was just talking to Pastor Bill today, uh, texting. You know, now we call texting talking, but just so encouraged by our relationships of with uh, you guys in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, um, not only through Calvary Live, but Abounding Grace has a, a prime teaching spot there now, and and just loving our opportunity to minister to you guys. You guys are so encouraging. You're you're so one of the one of the attributes of the East Coast 
um, that I have learned over the years visiting there and teaching there is is your blunt honesty. Um, I appreciate blunt honesty. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I don't think it's negative at all. I think honesty is a wonderful thing. But you, uh, we were just uh, talking uh, again with Bill and just appreciating your um, your honesty and and how you have a passion to follow Jesus. It's uh, it's a beautiful thing, and uh, appreciate all you guys out there. Of course, my friend Pastor Joe Foch, um, I had shared. I just text Pastor Joe. Uh, recently and tell, I thanked him because he's the one that gave me the illustration uh, when I taught on Peter and we were talking about the weaker vessel. You know, ladies, how that sometimes can be offensive. Uh, it shouldn't be. Don't ever let it be offensive. It's not intended to be. It might be u- misused by men and we, that it would be offensive there, but the Bible is not being offensive when it says you are the weaker vessel. That's what the Bible says in First Peter. But, but, it doesn't speak of your value and importance or like, you know, you're so timid and weak and men are so strong and that that's not it. That's cultural. The biblical instruction is that you're precious, that you're valuable and important and husbands need to take that into account, period, period, end of sentence. But Pastor Joe gave me an illustration that I used in my teaching. So I just, it, it was such a hit that I uh, thanked him. I sent him a text. I say, hey, thanks, Pastor Joel, for the for the illustration because it was a big hit here. And that is the comparison of the wife as a precious vase and the husband's like a Home Depot bucket. Uh, and, and just the preciousness of a vase compared to the utilitarian use of a bucket. And, and it's just speaking of the inherent differences that God has placed in men and women. And I know those lines are being erased and at least attempted to be erased and redefined in our culture and such, but it, you, you, can't, you can't redefine the truth. I mean, you can, but it's, you're not going to change the truth. You, it's, it's not possible. So at any rate, you guys on the East Coast just reminded me. Just reminded me of that. Back to Colorado. Aurora, Sarah's on the line. Welcome to the program, Sarah. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Um, I'm calling for pretty much prayers with dealing with my older brother. Um, Okay. He about, mm, I want to say about 13 years ago, maybe a little more, he ended up um, marrying an atheist. Um, We were raised in the church. Mm. My dad was a pastor. so he was raised as a Christian, he lived his life as yes. a Christian, but when he met this atheist woman, he started to renounce God, and now I pretty much feel like he's just a flat-out apostate, and um, oh, very mocking of everything that we all believe as a family, and just downright insulting, and telling, pretty much telling everybody in the family that we're bigots and hateful, and that we don't know anything, and pretty much we're all closed-minded. I'm sorry. I, I, I've been hearing this more and more. I mean, in these last days, I think it's expected, but the, I was going through some old pictures of baptisms we did. And many years ago, there was a young, uh, cup, a young, a young boys that would come with their grandmother here to our church and walking with the Lord and, you know, going through different life circumstances and, and the baptism picture popped up. It's about 10 or 11 years old. So this, this guy, uh, John or, um, 
uh, John, I think his name is John, has a YouTube channel. I reached out to him, sent him a picture. I said, hey, man, I haven't seen you in a while. I hope things are good. And and he shared that his his brother now has walked away from the Lord and become apostate. And, you know, it's it's just the world in which we live. And I think with your brother, you know, considering uh, how he was raised, considering what he knows, um, he's going to get louder and louder because the Holy Spirit is fighting to the point where like there's a there's a wrestling going on in his life uh, a wrestling going on for his soul and you know you guys living out your faith still is an offense to him and and so the the opportunity you know I just I would expect it to be more and more but but let's pray for him and see the Lord would just grab um, grab his heart yeah yeah him and his wife I, I kind of feel like he's closed off to everything with our family and won't. I, I feel like if he's going to come back to the Lord, it won't be via anything that comes from our family. It's going to be have to be something with his wife. Maybe a radical change in his wife's life. It would be the only thing I can think of that would get his attention anymore because he's pretty much done with us. And you kind of feel it too, don't you? you um, what Jesus said of prophets without honor is except in his own home. And the hardest people to reach are the ones that are that are in our family. Um, and, ah, Father, we just pray right now for this young man and just all the things he's processing. And, you know, there's been even some popular people deconstructing their faith and coming to the, nobody ever just deconstructs their faith and is stronger. Um, they're always looking for a way out. So I don't know what it is with this young man, but I, uh, other than this new relationship and perhaps his emotions and, and just wanting to live a life, uh, where he's his own God. Uh, which I think is a temptation to many of us, huh, where we we just aren't in, um, we're not abiding, and when we're not abiding, we're just in a very dangerous place. So I pray for him, Lord. I pray for his wife or for this woman. Um, I pray God that there would be a tremendous outpouring of your Spirit and a wrestling uh, that you know that God there would be a yielding to the Spirit. And I pray that in Jesus' name, Amen. Sarah, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Thank you. Yeah, stay in touch with us. You know, let us know. I, I, this is not an unusual thing, and and it's not hopeless. That's the good news. It's not hopeless. Well, and with it going on for about almost 15 years now, it's starting to feel like it's fall. Anything yeah. is falling on deaf ears. I know, I know, but you know that I we by faith. I you know, Marie and I were in a situation. We are in a situation uh, that we have been for eight years now. And we had a we had a guest teacher a few years ago um, come to our church. She was teaching a women's study. Um, I was there serving. Marie was there hosting, and she sat down with us afterwards and just talked to us a little bit about our life and and what in our life a situation that just seems hopeless and it gets worse all the time. And and we we were using a phrase um, something along the lines where we gotta believe or uh, we want to believe. And she stopped us. And it was a common thing for Marie and I. You know, we, we have faith for this. We have faith for this. And, and then when this hard situation's brought up, our response was, well, we got to believe. Or, or it wasn't an absolute statement. And she stopped us. She was the first one to stop us. Uh, maybe she was the first one to hear it. And she says, what you're saying is not a position of faith. Um, as a matter of fact, it's a position of toward hopelessness. 
And she said, I want you, I want you guys to begin to talk about this hopeless situation like you're talking about all these other situations. You believe God, you trust God, you leave it in his hands. And I'm so grateful she said that because we changed our language. We don't talk like that. I, like, I, I do feel hopeless at times, believe me. That, that's not like it didn't, that didn't go away. But when I approach it, when I open the word, um, I might I might come to God and say, you know, Lord, I, I just this thing's getting worse. It's harder. The flipping out this this all of this. But Lord, I believe you. I trust you, and I lay it before you. And it certainly helped me day by day, knowing that I can't control the situation. You can't control your brother, but I can control how I respond, and I can control whether I'm going to grow from it or be overwhelmed by it. And and so. The Lord bless you, sister, and your family. Thank you, Pastor. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Ah, so difficult. You know, now being in the, uh, being at Calvary for 21 years and seeing a lot of the kids grow up, uh, watching families, not just from baby dedication, that's always a sweet time, but then launching off into life and watching kids turn their back on the Lord who grew up in our church, very painful. Painful for the parents, painful for me as a pastor. Just, it's one of those things I don't think you plan for. You know it happens. And I was really discouraged about this not too long ago. Give me a call. We're waiting. We have open lines. Uh, I'll get back to this. Um, uh, We got one call waiting. I'll get to you in a second. Um, Maybe after the break, just so we can have some time to talk with you. Um, But I was just overwhelmed uh, one season, a lot of people walking away from the Lord. This was a couple years ago, uh, walking away from the Lord, rebellious. I was looking through old pictures, which is always hard, and just seeing some of the people that have come through the church here, some of the people that have been very instrumental in the church here, some of the people that God used in great ways in the church here, and, and today they're not walking with the Lord, or today they are bitter, angry people, or today they've taking a position against the church or against this church. I mean, just, I was so overwhelmed. It was just so sad. And I was reading a book at the time. Um, I think it was called Jesus Revolution by Greg Laurie. I'm always, I always love to read. Um, I always told, I love to read books about the Jesus movement, which is where our little stream of church was born, Calvary Chapel. And so I always want to hear different perspectives. So Pastor Greg was there, you know, he got saved there. Um, and uh, during the Jesus movement, and he re- he said something in there. It was just a little paragraph that talked about people that he served with in the early days that aren't walking with the Lord as at all, uh, now either. And while that didn't make me happy, God did give me a comfort that man. It's not just you, Ed. There's a lot of people that, and like this poor sister here, Sarah, and her dad, as pastor, has to watch this with her with his son. I know that's not how he was raised. And it's just a bummer, man. But, you know, those of us walking with the Lord, we need to guard our hearts. We need to guard our minds. We need to be in the Word every day and praying, living an abiding life, because we could fall away too. We could fall away too. After my son passed away, I was so mad at God. I was so angry. I was so frustrated. I was so mad at some people around me. Like, it was bad. And the Lord was so gracious to protect me. But, like, people, like, if you go through that and you don't repent... Uh, you don't try to, I remember having a meeting wanting to make things right. And so Marie and I could be clean and we were, and we did. It didn't make things right all the way around, but on our side it did. 
and and it's like okay lord i'm free i'm clear um i'm sorry i'm like i'm like um um oh for goodness sake job you know sitting under the tree woe is me and the lord says wait a minute job hold on where were you where were you where were you and and it just brought some perspective uh and i think we all need perspective we got open lines give me a call 303-690-3000 we do have one call waiting we're going to get because break is a couple seconds away we'll get to you in a little bit but so good to be with you this afternoon the lord is wanting to encourage you and strengthen you he's wanting you to know how much he loves you how committed he is i see some texts coming through so i'll try to get to some of those as well um the lord bless and encourage you stick around we're we're gonna be um coming back here for the second half in just a moment this is calvary live live from grace fm welcome back to calvary live Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm taking your calls and your questions this afternoon. I, I have the privilege of pastoring Calvary Church here in Aurora, Colorado, suburb of Denver, but I also know this broadcast goes out around the country so welcome everyone listening somewhere else if you're listening anywhere else than grace fm or the grace fm live feed you're hearing it one week delayed all that means is is that you will be able to call in while the show is on talk live to the broad to um to the host to me today or any of the hosts uh, but you'll hear it on your station one week later now, of course here on grace fm if you're listening uh, it is a live broadcast unless we said at the beginning that it's an encore presentation because occasionally we do repeat uh, programs because we I'm out of town or we don't have guest hosts. So sometimes that happens, but most of the time, 90 plus percent of the time, it's a live broadcast. Um, I got a text here that says, Pastor Ed, I haven't read your book yet, but is it appropriate for somebody who is lost and not a Christian? It is appropriate for somebody that's lost and not a Christian. While it's not an evangelistic book, like so it's not designed to specifically share the gospel with someone, the gospel is shared all throughout the book. The hope of heaven shared throughout the book. Um, the, the fact that God uh, got me and my wife through a very difficult time is shared um, because that's how the book was birthed through great grief. So yes, and I would encourage you to, um, this is a, this would be a great book. And we were talking in the first half, if you're just joining us about my book, uh, that we just published late last year, God's help for the troubled heart. Uh, it is about encouragement and strength to people that are hurting people that are troubled. I mean, that, that's really, it could be as bad. It could be as bad as grief, deep as grief. It could be uh, job loss. It could be the prodigal kid. Pain is pain. Um, the mechanism by which we receive pain might be different, but the result is the same. We all hurt the same way. Um, so yes, it's appropriate for a non-believer. And for those of you looking, you can get it anywhere you normally get books, um, but you can especially get it. Um, we have it provided on our online store at calvaryco.store. Calvaryco, that's Colorado calvaryco.store our inventory of our bookstore is on there 
And if you're in Denver, you know, in the metro area, you can um, market to pick up um, and you can go to reception. You know, we have a school, so you can't come in and out freely, but go to our reception and they could get it for you. Or we could ship it wherever you are around the world. Calvaryco.store. 303-690-3000. We're going to go back to the phone lines. And this is, is it Wani? Yes, Ed, it's Wani. J-U-A-N-E-E. Welcome to the program. It was, so our producer spelled it W-O-N-I. So I was, Wani I could get, J-U-A. I know, but if if I say Wani, (laughs) sometimes it comes out to Annie. So if I spell it, I said, I'll spell it phonetically. (laughs) Okay. So tell me, what's the origin, before we get, what's the origin of that name? Where does it come from for you? Well, um, I'm named after my Tia, and she was Juana, and and, um, I'm Wani. Nice. Yeah. Are you, have you met any other Wanis? Um, No, but the interesting thing is, if um, I'm, I'm a a full-time volunteer for Operation Christmas Child, and so my name tag says Wani, and some of um, my Hispanic-speaking friends, when they first look at it, they don't know what to say, and so when I cover (laughs) up the EEs, they go, Juan? And I go, uh, see, Juani. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. great. Well, what can I do for you? Okay. You know my oldest son, Jonathan, and my youngest son um, married a woman who had two daughters. And the youngest daughter, um, a beautiful young woman named Lily, um, she's 14, freshman in high school, um, their maternal grandparents um took them to church all the time. Sadie, his wife, was actually raised in the church, as was Nathan. Um, But they both, Nathan and Sadie, have walked away. And now Lily has decided that she is an it. And she's cut her hair. She doesn't want to be called Lily. She dresses very masculine. She wants um, us to call her Lil, but we don't see them very much. And my young grandson and granddaughter know she's their cousin, and they call her Lily. And every time somebody in our family says Lily, we get a very stern, that's Lil. And I just... For me, it's not an issue because I call everybody dear one, so I don't have to. Yes, okay. But uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to help Asher. Um, understand? He's only seven and a half. We don't know what to do. What? How do we do it to be honoring to our Lord and still be part? You know, not totally. Drop that, fam- you know. They're our family, right? Right. Yeah, those are great questions. This is happening more and more, and I'll be looking more diligently for a resource um, that that we could start recommending just to put people on the path. But I, I have a few thoughts that I would give, and one one is 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 that I I know that there are times where it would. Um, where the sin in a person's life is so overwhelming that it shocks us and our decision-making starts to be responsive to the shock instead of just to the situation. And and so I would say for those of you, everyone listening, including you, Wani, like we want to be careful not to overreact. 
um, because of the blatancy of the sin. If we can, if we can set aside the sinful behavior, the sinful desires, the cultural influence, um, if I would dare say this nonsensical approach to sexual identity and gender identity and DNA identity, if we can set that aside and say, no, she, that she um, is still my, my granddaughter, she's still my blood, she's still my family, she's still my daughter, she's still my sister, and, and remain in that realm. And, and then, and, and that, that way I'm not, I'm not overreacting because of the heinousness of the sin, number one. Number two, and you're already doing this, you're already uh, ex- exemplifying this, and that is, I want to go as far with a person as I can without compromise. Uh, I don't want to send myself, right? So um, I I don't have to, I can value, like if I was meeting her for the first time, I can value everything about her uh, up, up until the point of calling her something that um, would uh, not reflect the, the truth. So let's say she's, Till, did you say Tilly? And she wants to be called, or Lily? And she Lily, wants to be called Lil? So I, I think I can do that without a little, I, I think I can do that without compromise. You know, I think I can, I want to find ways I want to honor her where she is without compromise. And I think I could do that. Like if she wanted me to call her Joseph, I don't think I could do that. Um, but I know what it means to her and I respect that. I don't like, I don't approve of it, but I, I know what it means to her, but what it means to her doesn't mean it's going to mean that to me. So I don't, I, I want, I don't want to pick a fight with her where I don't need to, like, I don't want to, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be like confrontational mm-hmm. until I really, really have to, cause it is coming. It's obviously coming. If we talk about the things of the Lord or even my preference, or even if she says, you know, grandpa, what do you think? Well, if you're going to ask me that question, then I'm going to tell you what I think, but I've got to have this credibility in a person's life to recognize that, uh, I love them and, and I don't agree with them, but that's not the most important part of our discussion. The most important part is I love you, and I want to maintain a uh, a level of trust so that when and if they do ask for help, I'll be on their list of people they ask to help from. Okay. Um, and 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 I know it's going to feel really bad. You're going to have you might even as you're processing this and faced with new new situations that come through this. Uh, or your son, you know, you, you are going to, your stomach is going to turn. That's what this stuff does. It's just going to, you're just like, I don't know it. This feels like I'm compromising. And of course you don't, you don't want to go that far, but it may not be compromising calling her little. I mean, that's a, that, that's to me, I I think I could do that. Um, and, and she, and she may respond, well, thank you for recognizing I'm a boy. Uh, Not actually, I'm just doing what you asked me to do. I'm, I'm calling you by the name you want. Um, that's all I'm doing. Um, I'm not approving of your, well, but you're, you know, and you see how you, you, you can actually start a conversation without being confrontational. Um, and, and it, it may not end well. I mean, uh, we all ho- love hopes all things, but reality also tells us that it may not end well, but, but let the person on the other end be the one that overreacts. Let them be the one that flips out. Let them be the one that loses control because I'm controlled by love. And I have self-control by the Holy Spirit in me, and so I would just go as far as I can. And if, if I'd love to, I, I love to start up conversations. I love to. Well, what? Why? Why are you making this decision? What led you to make this decision? 
um, you know, tell me, um, tell me about like, let's talk about it. I, I want to, I don't want to make up my mind before I hear what you have to say. Um, you know, maybe in the conversation, something comes out that I can minister to a person with, but you know, I don't hear this in you, but you know how it is. Most people just want to argue. Most people just want to prove you're wrong. And most people want to say, this is what the Bible says. And you're, you're just so much in sin because you, I mean, that's a given. We don't need to start there. Why don't we start with, "Wow, you're you're making a pretty serious decision." Like, what 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 are you thinking? And maybe for sometimes you could do it for the very first time. I I can't anymore. But the very first time, I say, "You're the first person I've ever met that's described that." I mean, I've read about him, see him on Twitter, but you're the first human being I've. uh, Tell me about it. I'm very curious. And. Let's talk to see if the Holy Spirit might use me to infuse truth into your life. Children came to you and said they were gay. He said to, I would love them all the more. And that's how I try and approach Lily. Yeah. Yes. And like I said, I don't have, because I call everybody dear one. And so that's just part of who I am. And um, sure. so, but thank you so, so very much. I've taken notes and I'm going to share it with um, John and Amanda because. We're all just like, we love them. We we pray yeah. for them. And, um, you know, but, but we get a question from little Asher. Why does uh, my cousin dress like that now? And how do you answer that to a seven-year-old? So, well, I, that, you know, to me, that's a good, that's a, I, I like now how you clarified that. that. That's a, we don't need to, we don't need to answer a seven-year-old's question with a 30-year-old understanding. Yeah. And and so it starts with it looks like she has a new uh, d- uh she has a new style of clothes and maybe I look to, you know, maybe I maybe I even have this already queued up on my phone of a of a picture of when Asher wore some weird clothes when he was little and you're yeah. like, "Look Asher, let me show you something. This this is remember you probably don't even remember this cuz you were 3 years old, but look at this picture that that I have. I don't know if you're Grammy or uh-huh. whatever. Look what I have. Look what I have. You yeah. don't dress like that anymore cuz you make changes in your dress too." And good, you know, good, we can good, we, good. we can just answer the question and no, we don't have to read into it all of the weight of it uh, until we absolutely have to and then it's a 7 and a half year old. You know, um Lily's just really confused right now. She's just really confused. And one of the ways we stay, and then we don't make it about her anymore. And one of the ways we really try, you know, one of the ways that we don't try to, that we do, one of the things that we do so that we're not confused is we just let God tell us how to live. And that's why we read the Bible. That's why we go to church. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that should be enough for us. It depends on where he's at, but that should be enough for a seven-year-old. Yeah, thank you so, so very much. And enjoyed last night. Um, Unfortunately, victory... (laughs) had a meltdown and so but Asher we're all looking at the flags at Asher's his country was Bulgaria. Yes. <laughs> so nice. We were looking for that flag and Asher kept saying, Mama, over here, over here but we never did really find Bulgaria, but we don't have It's to gotta be there. It yep. it's gotta be there. And it's we're gotta, um, it's gotta be there. We just couldn't find it. <laughs> well next time. Okay, God bless you, Wani. Take care. Thanks. Bye bye. Yeah, I think we're we're going to be navigating uh, through these troubled waters uh, more and more in the coming days. Um, I just read uh, right before the show, Demi Lovato, very popular. She comes out as a lesbian today. Um, we had that that little girl 
uh, that, oh gosh, I don't remember her name, but she's the Rainbows and got the YouTube channel. Uh, she came out as a lesbian. It's, it's more and more. It's, it's the cultural popular thing to do. Uh, unfortunately, pop culture has more influence on our kids uh, and even adults than the Holy Spirit does at times. And, but we can't throw up our hands and give up. We need to stand for the truth. We need to learn how to, to deliver the truth in a way that it will be received. We need to learn how to, um, you know, shield, um, you know, and, and and even protect from these accusations of you're hateful. Um, you know, I'm I'm not. I I I was, I was a hateful person before I was saved. I was a selfish person. I mean, self-centered to the core. Um, I'm not now. I'm a born again believer. I'm a new creation of Christ, and it's not that I don't have my issues. I stumble and fall. That, of course, I do, and so do you. But, like, I don't hate you when I tell you the truth, and I don't hate you when I share something that I might disagree with you. I, I don't hate you when I teach the truth of the Bible, uh, so that the Holy Spirit can use it in your life. But we, we're going to have to learn new techniques. Um, we're going to have to learn new ways of building bridges in people's lives. If not, we're going to lose a generation. And I think of I think of previous art, you know, like we were saying earlier, Calvary Chapel, which uh, we're a part of the Calvary Chapel family of churches, and associated with many good Calvaries, not all, but not all Calvaries, but many good Calvaries, and we we came uh, together as a movement, sovereignly by God, during the Jesus people uh, time, during the hippies. The hippies were the foundation of Calvary Chapel, and. And those of you that are alive that were uh, around for the hippies, maybe you were a hippie yourself, remember just how society looked down on them, how society wrote them off, how culture influenced them to the point where they they just partied all the time and was high all the time and basically um, floated through life. But then God. And you know, today's going to be the same thing. Um, I want you to join us in prayer. I want you to join. Like today's the same, but God is going to reach. Uh, we pray for renewal and revival in the church. We pray that God will use us to reach. And, and it's not going to be pointing fingers and it's not going to be all pounding the political table. It's going to be love and pastoral care. And it's going to be getting involved in people's lives and asking them questions. It's We were just recently learning as a church, it's generosity believers be generous it breaks every barrier it, it breaks language barriers it breaks it, it breaks uh believer unbeliever barriers when you're generous generous is is the language of love be generous huh. it's gonna be great all right line two is ann back in aurora colorado and welcome to the program hey ann are you with us this is a great question i wish we would have had you are you still with us ann maybe okay let me ask the question the way it's typed what do you do when god has told you to wait and you're hitting the time you have to make a decision but you don't think you've heard from him that's a great question it's it the the answer is not going to be as profound as you think you make a decision by faith. You make a decision by faith. There is some guidelines. Uh, let me share them with you. 
Um, I didn't have them pulled up, but let me share them with you. There are a few things to look for um, in making your decision. Um, let's see if I can find it here on my computer real quick. Um, I think it's at the end of chapter 2 of Colossians. Uh, no, no. Um, stick with me. Stick with me. Sorry. Sorry. Here we go. It is. here. It's in uh, Colossians chapter 3. And these are a few of the guidelines that I like to have when I have to make a decision, but I really don't think that um, I've heard clearly from the Lord. First of all, number one, it says, let the word, this is Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. So whatever decision I'm about to make, uh, it can't contradict the scriptures, the word of Christ, and I want to walk in the wisdom of God, so that's my prayer life. And it says, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. So you have a sense of worship that comes from the decision you make. Whatever you end up making, make sure it's, like, like obviously, if it's sinful, don't do it. If it's sinful, don't do it. But if it's not sinful, does it promote worship? Are you just trusting in the Lord and and singing through this and walking in wisdom and walking in the teaching of the Lord. And then in verse 15, back up a verse, it says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. So is what you're about to do going to bring about a peace in your life? Now, let me just warn you here. I've met people on a very personal basis, even face-to-face, making a decision that's so wrong. But her response is, "But, but I have a peace about it. Well, you didn't, it wasn't the peace of God because the peace of God will never lead you to a wrong, sinful decision. So the peace of God is elusive. It has to be within the word of God. It has to be in wisdom. It's going to promote worship and singing and unity with other believers. And then finally, what he says, and you can jot it down, Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. In verse 17, it says, Here, here's where you are. You're at the decision. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, thanking God the Father through him. So you just make a decision of faith as unto the Lord. Great question. All right, let's go over to Elizabeth, Colorado. Joe is on the air. Joe, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you. Uh, You're welcome. My question is, how does the genealogy of Jesus work out, being is that he is not a direct descendant of Joseph, who is a direct descendant of David? <clears throat> how does genealogy... Can you answer, ask that question again and tell me what scripture you're looking at? Well, actually, I'm not looking at a scripture. It's just the fact that okay. I, I've read somewhere, and I can't remember where, that Joseph is a direct descendant of David, but Jesus... Is is not Joseph is not Joseph's son. He's the son of God. So how does correct? How does it work out where it says that Jesus is a direct descendant of David? Well, Luke traces the genealogy from Jesus to Adam, uh-huh. and Matthew traces the genealogy from Jesus to Abraham. Okay, and. In my mind right now, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. I'm, I want. I want to say that as Matthew traces his line, um, he traces it through David's son Solomon, mm-hmm. 
and Luke traces the line through David's son Nathan. Um, so there is a direct descendants descendant through Mary um, that would bring about his connection to David, but that doesn't satisfy me. It's between David and Jesus. Uh, man, I wish I would have got this at the break. I could have looked it up really quick here because that is a good question and it's not fresh on my mind, so I'm sorry that uh, I don't have a quick answer for you. Okay, well, maybe I can email you and, and you know, if you can look something up. I uh, My stepmother is a devout Catholic, and she says that, yes, Mary is a direct descendant of David. Now, I, I, I don't know. You know, I'm just curious about that. Yeah, let, I, I'm sorry. For some reason, my mind is, um, my mind is not um, connected. Uh, and it's in the end of the show, so we're good. But I will find you the answer. So this is um, you win the award today of Stump Pastor Ed, even though you didn't mean to. Um, my mind is not thinking clearly right now, but I will get you the answer. It's it's something that can easily be looked up. I just don't have it in my memory right now. Okay. Now, uh, what's your email address? You can send it to Ed uh-huh. at calvaryaurora.org. No, 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 no. That's not going to get there. Actually, I'm I'm even mixing up my emails. Send it to Ed at edtaylor.org. That's how it's going to get to me. Ed at edtaylor.org. Dot org. Okay. For goodness sake. Okay, so Ed at edtaylor.org. Yes, sir. All right. Email me. I'll get it back to you. No problem. I'll get it back to you tomorrow. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it. Okay. Well, I guess the the show needs to end because my head is is full. I've been working all day. I've been work. I've got these projects that need work, and I've been working on this pastor project. I want to get done putting together a book to help pastors be better pastors. And we just did this big meeting, collaborating with our pastoral team here. So I'm collaborating all of our input and editing, and uh, it's going to be great. But I think I've hit my max today. I wonder if you've hit your max today. But isn't God so good to us and so gracious? Um, just encouraging. Um, how wonderful he is, how encouraging he is, how faithful he is to us. And, and I want to leave you with that. I want you, um, I want you to know how much God is for you and not against you. Now, of course, if you're living in unconfessed sin right now, you're rebelling against God, then, then you've come up against, you're at odds with God. But if you're abiding in Christ and you're just overwhelmed by your circumstances and going through difficulties right now, God is faithful. He loves you. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you, and he wants you to come back to him in relationship. Maybe you're out there, and you don't like this, but I'm just going to say it anyway. You're a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter that's been away from God. For whatever reason, you've got your reasons. You met a new gal. You started reading scientific stuff. Somebody smart talked to you out of faith. Maybe, maybe it's time to be born again. And when you're born again, if somebody talks you into Christianity, they can talk you out. But when you're born again, you won't be talked out of it. You will continue and endure. You will persevere. You will be strengthened in the inner man, in the inner woman. And so I want you to, to know his, of his faithfulness and his goodness. I want you to know of, of his desire for you to grow. Um, and be in church this weekend, would you? Make sure that you go to church um, 
of course, if you're in a category that can, I mean, most people are, if you're in a high risk category, you know, you make choices that you need to make, but with things changing and shifting and the, you know, the reality of COVID um, and the cases and everything, get back to church. And the way I've been describing it is if you can go to the market and you can go to the movies and you can go to work and you can go for a walk, you can go to church. And I mean that sincerely. I'm not not trying to guilt you. I'm just like, it's okay. You can come back. I know we here at Calvary, um, we are gathering. It's been great. Now, of course, there's a big snowstorm coming in, so that may just blow all of our plans out of the water. We're already equipped. We're gonna. We've got. If we can meet Saturday, then we'll have a service on Saturday, and then uh, we'll replay that all day Sunday. If not, we're gonna replay Wednesday service uh, because we want you guys to know that we have a midweek Bible study, and it's so so good. Uh, and so we'll be. You know, there, there will be service online for sure for Calvary Church. So go to our website, calvaryco.church, calvaryco.church. I also write a lot. So you can go to my website, edtaylor.org. You can connect with me there as well. If you forget my email address, edtaylor.org. Also, all my social media is there. You want to connect there as well. But thank you guys for, um, for joining me, being a part of what God's doing. I'm grateful to be a small part of big work God's doing in your life. And, uh, Hey, got stumped at the end, but uh, it'll come to me. It's one of those things. It'll just come to me. uh, And I appreciate, love you guys. The Lord bless and encourage you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.